You're listening to the Pure Fury Creations Podcast Network, powered by Anchor.fm. The following is a close to the heart presentation in association with the PFC Podcast Network and has been rated L for mature audiences only. Some language and dialogue may not be suitable for members of a family under 18 years of age. Uh, We are going to uh, tackle a genre of sorts. But you and I didn't have any clue what the hell we were going to do. We're going to talk about movies, we're going to talk about TV shows, we're going to talk about toys, we're going to talk about, you know, all the things that made this such um, such an important part. I love toys. I'm Jason Klaus. I'm Sean Grugel. And we are Power Tripping. Through the 80s. Here on the PFC Podcast Network, powered by Anchor.fm. Hey everybody, welcome to Power Tripping Through the 80s here on the PFC Podcast Network, powered by Anchor.fm. Along with my tag team partner of sorts in this endeavor, Sean Krugel, I'm Jason Klaus. We appreciate you tuning in this week. Sean, we, um, <laughs> we're here in week two, and we came into the studio here. Now, full, full disclosure, because I tried to keep everybody in the loop as to what's happening. By the time they hear this, this episode will have been recorded at least a week or two in, in advance. So there's not going to be a lot of time sensitive stuff that, that we're, that we're going to talk about here. But before we do get into the first real topic of this endeavor for us, um, what kind of feelings did you have as we recorded the pilot episode that, that aired last week? Were you cool with that? Yeah, I was. Uh, actually, I've decided to change my name to uh, Levi Frog. I'm one of the new Frog Brothers and the Lost Boys now, as you can tell by the headband and the getup. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to- to- totally feeling the '80s, man. I've been doing a lot of thinking since uh, s- since we did the episode, and uh, I- I'm I'm pretty excited to see where this little venture is going to, you know, take us. I mean, back in time. So right. Well, it's it's cool because you know we could sit here and spitfire, you know, just kind of bullshit, you know, back and forth. But when you start putting pen to paper, and you start making like an outline or a list, or you know, these notes and these different things that we could possibly tackle as topics on this show, um, like I got to about page three or four, and I'm like, man, this there's a lot of content here. And, and it just all depends on how deep into the woods you want to go. Because even though you and I have a lot in common in terms of what our interests are and what we were into, there are things that you are that you were interested in that I was not and vice versa. 
So it's going to be kind of cool to to tackle that side of the conversation too. You know, what was it about this that that resonated with you, and why didn't I pick up on it, and vice versa? Um, so for our first real episode this week, you know, we're going to tackle a list of sorts, one of many. I'm sure that's going to come across our radar, but. Um, I, like I know, I knew this this was going to be a cool thing, man. But like the the more notes I started taking, like the more excited I got about this. And I told you in the crosstalk, you know, you're like, "Hey, how how's your day?" I'm like, "This right here is is the highlight of my day because I've been looking forward to recording these episodes with you." Well, I want I want to tell you what you just said is exactly like the 80s right now, and I'm going to tell you why. Because mm-hmm. you're sitting there doing homework, and me, just like in school in the 80s, I didn't put pen to paper. I didn't do shit. Just a lot of thinking <laughs> and a lot of talking. So, Isn't it funny? The more things change, the more they stay the same. <laughs> Absolutely. And Mrs. Krause, if you're listening, you're probably about 97 years old. Um yeah, I still don't got that homework assignment, but I'm I'm working on it. I swear it. That damn dog. Every time you get close to completing it, the little son of a bitch comes and eats it. So I get it. Yeah. So Mrs. Krause, don't hold you by your 97. You ain't holding your breath anyway, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> you are, ain't for very long, I'd say. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. This is this was a good thing. Um, now, by the time you hear this, our own merchandise store will have been launched. So um, go over to cafepress.com forward slash PFC network. Click on the tripping through the 80s page and you will see um, the start of our merchandise store with r- right now. Primarily, it's a lot of our just our logo. On, on different products, but I'm starting starting to toy around with different um, with these ideas for for designs and things of this nature. And uh, like I I have just, I mean across the board, I have as much fun making the merchandise for the various shows as I do recording the shows. So for me, like this is a win win, man. Like and. Like, I get so much of a rush out of this. I get that familiar rush as an entertainer that I did when I was in the wrestling business. But it's a hell of a lot easier on on my mind, body, and soul. You know what I mean? Like, we don't have to set up a ring to do this. We, so, that's, any, I'm, I'm in hog heaven over here right now. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and, and the next morning, uh, unless we get into quite the argument, we're not going to be beat up, and it's going to be a lot easier to get out of bed tomorrow morning. So Yeah, I mean, it, the worst case is I don't have half a voice, but, I mean, I'm okay with that. I'll, I'll take that over not being able to walk right or upright or anything like that. So I ain't mad about it. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, listen, let's jump into this thing, man. I mean, unless there's something you would like like to discuss before we jump into this topic this week. Yeah, there is something I want to discuss. Okay. And, 
this is completely off the cuff and you're going to be like, what the hell are you talking about? So as you know, I am a collector. I am a collector Mm -hmm. of everything from toys to video games to toys and you know (laughs) so the other day i got this idea i was watching a documentary on the fall of the arcade industry in the 1980s and it had to do with uh the video game et and uh there you go yeah i i don't know if this is one of the topics we're gonna study or not but i got to rant for a minute yeah please do it it was going to be a topic but i mean that's it the E.T. video game is one of the most controversial things to ever happen in, in the 80s. Hey, man, I love that game. That game, that game. I could kick that game's ass. I would get I would get the Reese PCs. I'd feed Elliot's stupid little ass. And then i get my telephone built. And i go home before the FBI agents would catch me. Right. But So I go on eBay. And there's this guy. He's got a unopened, sealed, boxed copy of E.T. the Atari game. Box is crushed. I don't know if the game's crushed. He's got a buy it now of $30 on it, right? Okay. So I send him an offer. I says, I'll give you $20 plus your shipping price, which would have made it $25 and some change. He okay. turned it down. The really? Yes, the, the game didn't sell. So he relisted it. I'm like, hey, me again. <laughs> you think he might want that $20? And he writes me back. He says, I wouldn't wipe my ass with your $20. I'm trying, I'm just trying to buy a video game here. Why? Why? I didn't realize that that was an insult to <laughs> I swear. So to, to end my rant, if you're selling stuff on eBay and someone makes you an offer and it doesn't sell, would we remake you an offer? We're really well. No, I was kind of rubbing it in the guy's face. That ha ha, you didn't sell it. You should have took my offer. But uh, which yeah. I totally would have done too. But <laughs> but but that's all, man. I almost had another little piece of my childhood, but you know, some jackass had to uh, take his ball and go home. So. Did he wind up selling it? No, it's still relisted on eBay. I'm more than happy to put the link up on my Facebook page. So send them all the hate mail you want. <laughs> I was going to say, maybe we should put that on the, on the show's Facebook page and just, to- <laughs> just totally uh, bombard. I'm like, dude, I mean, by the time it's all said and done, it's $5 less than $5 less than what you were originally asking for it. So what the fuck are we doing? Right. Well, Hey, you know, e- each to their own, maybe he needed to, I don't know, buy a pack of chiclets or something who knows so wouldn't that be funny if you send him the money and a pack of chiclets <laughs> <laughs> that, that'll be my next offer <laughs> you know i didn't realize at the time like i i played that game i had the atari 2600 and they had an et game there i played it I didn't realize at the time, and it wasn't until a handful of years ago, I I came across a documentary, I believe it was on Netflix, and it was all about this dude's hunt for the E.T. video game. And make a long story short, you know, he went on like 
this wild goose chase. Like he was all over the country trying to find where these games were at because there was a rumor that all of the games had been collected and because it bombed at the stores. Like it caught it. It was rated the worst video game ever made in some circles. And so when you mentioned it last week and, you know, when you were talking about, you know, when, when your son plays call of duty and you're, you know, over here playing ET and, uh, it, it triggered that to the point where I'm like, I, I wonder what the name of that documentary is. Make a long story short, the dude wound up finding where they, they buried these games. They dug a big asshole. I want to say it's in, in New Mexico. And they dug a big asshole and put every copy of that video game that they could find in this hole and buried it. And they went to the spot and they dug, then they started digging. And what you know it, the ET video games were, were in there. Very yep. fascinating. When you go on eBay, there's actually a seller on there who is claiming that he has three copies from that landfill, and he's asking just an exorbitant amount of money for each copy. I think like fifteen hundred bucks or something like that. Crazy, Isn't it stupid. Oh, some of the prices that some of these people want for their things on eBay. Actually, the the internet has ruined. Uh, buying stuff used because if you go to garage sales now i mean they want you know full retail prices for you know a, a, a paper towel holder you know 60 right. no <laughs> no you were going to throw that away three days ago before you decided to have a yard sale so. absolutely you know i you're absolutely you're absolutely right the internet for all the good that it has the potential to do and be, it also shows that ugly side of humanity, and that's a that's a perfect example of that. You know, like what the freak are you doing here? Good rant, man. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, um, we wanted to talk. We 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 wanted to talk about on the first real topic something that wasn't very specific we kind of wanted to kind of dip our toes into the proverbial pool um i threw a few ideas out at you i said i found this 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 and that and what do you think he's like well you know you're like any of them you know let's just tell me what what we're talking about we're, we're going to tackle the list of what this particular website constructed as the 15 biggest stars of the 1980s and primarily these are these are movie stars but there is some crossover into television with with a couple of these um i read the list i agree with 80 percent of it there's a couple of names on here i just didn't think should have been on this particular list of the 15 biggest stars um, and by and large, this does not include, you know, musicians. These are strictly actors, actresses on either the big screen or the small screen. Uh, we and we will go down the list. We will talk about it when we get through the fifteen. I'll ask you who should not be on this list, in your opinion, if anybody, and I will tell you my opinion and who I think maybe we. We, we, we could swap out 
for the lack of better terms. You cool with that? Absolutely. All right. Well, the first one they have here is Clint Eastwood. Now, take nothing away from Clint Eastwood. The the man icon, right? I mean, the guy is legendary to this day. You say Clint Eastwood's name and there is a like an aura of, of, about him because he is Hollywood royalty. I would assume that, you know, with the 80s, like by the time the 80s came around, the Dirty Harry thing was really kind of um, like I remember Deadpool, the Deadpool when not not the the Marvel superhero. I'm talking about one of the Clint Eastwood or one of the one of the Dirty Harry movies that came out like later. And I and I was trying to rack my brain like what all did he do? that was very significant in the eighties because I feel like the films that he is most known for happened in the sixties and the seventies with, with, with the different Westerns, right? Well, I mean, maybe because, you know, he did some movies towards the late seventies, early eighties, which were, well, every which way you can, uh, every which way but loose. Are those um, in the eighties or were were those in 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 the seventies, late seventies? I would have to say late seventies, early eighties. My computer's running like a dog. I I can't get it to come up. Um, but let's see what else. What else could? Uh, well, Escape from Alcatraz. That was one of his early ones. But you know, uh, I think a lot of these lists have that overflow from mid seventies to. Uh, you know, mid mid seventies to to yeah, mid to late seventies. I'm sorry, uh, I'm getting all tongue tied here for some reason, just because my computer isn't coming up, and I sound a lot dumber without my computer than when I do when I got my computer. Um, wasn't Magnum Force? Wasn't that an eighties movie as well? Um, so I'm looking at his fil- his filmography right now, and um. Every which way but loose that 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 you refer to, which I love those movies, I really did. Uh, the first one was in '78. Okay? okay, now Escape Escape from Alcatraz was in '79. Okay. Now, as far as his '80s filmography, this is what they have listed here: Bronco Billy, Firefox, Honky Tonk Man. Sudden Impact, which was a Dirty Harry flick, Tightrope, City Heat, Pale Rider, Heartbreak Ridge, Deadpool, uh, Pink Cadillac, and that was the last one. Pink Cadillac came out in 1989. Um, Now, I remember when the Deadpool came out because... That's when we were introduced to Guns N' Roses on a national scale. They provide uh, Welcome to the Jungle was used in in that movie. That's the first time Guns N' Roses came across my radar. Uh, So that was huge. Heartbreak Ridge, I I remember that one coming out. But, and, um, oh, hang on. I missed one. Any Which Way But Loose came out in 1980. Whereas every which way you can came out in 
what what I say, seventy eight. Okay. The ones with the orangutan, like <laughs> Clyde, <laughs> I I love those movies. But I don't know, man. I just felt like Clint Eastwood just doesn't say the eighties to me overall. No, I, I, Clint Eastwood. I mean, Pink Cadillac was huge, but again, that was late 80s. So that's something that probably would have carried over into the 90s. Um, but no, I, I, I picture more of him as a, a, a 70s guy, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 60s and 70s. I mean, all all of those Westerns that, that he did, and I mean, they put really put him on the map. And, and uh, I don't know. I just felt like when that was the first one I saw on the list, I'm like, oh, I'm not too sure about this list. Because if you're putting Eastwood on the very top of it, I'm, I'm not trying to talk disparaging about the man because he's done some amazing things before, during, and after the 80s to this day. Like I said, what if he's not on camera, he's behind the scenes as a director and a producer and a writer. Like the dude is uber talented. And right. I, I'm I'm not taking anything away, but I just like I said, I just don't feel like he is a, like a cornerstone of the 1980s. Just my opinion. I wonder if maybe he. I know this is going to sound really, really horrible, and I'm trying to remember when she passed away. But remember, he had a his his wife was a common law wife, uh, Sandra Locke. Yeah, she she played a singer, uh, what in any which way but loose or any which way you can. Uh, she okay, she attempted to play a singer. She wasn't much of a singer. Right. Uh, Clint, if you're listening, I love you. Don't shoot me. Um, but she was a. Uh, Horrible, horrible singer. Not a very good actress, but he would demand that she was in the movies and create these roles for her. And I'm wondering if uh, her death and you know the arrangement that they had maybe shone some light onto him uh, a little bit more that maybe made him a little more prominent in the 80s for being newsworthy as opposed to being an actor. Very good point, and I had actually kind of forgotten about that. Um, yeah, she she was uh, what we call Jimmy Harded into his his contracts. Like, yeah, you get me, but you're getting her too. Kind of like how Hogan did with with uh, Jimmy Hart when he went to WCW and everything he's done after that. I know everything comes back around to wrestling. That's just the way it is. Sorry. Um, but it, I mean, it's a prime example, taking nothing away from her or what she meant to him. But let's be honest, if it wasn't for Eastwood, she probably wouldn't have had the, a career at all in, in Hollywood because, like, you know, not to talk ill of the dead, but she wasn't that good. Um, that's just my opinion. Now, this next one. This is the this this guy is the reason why I wanted to do the list. And he is the epitome of the 80s because this is where his star really started to shine. It started on the small screen and then it became one of the biggest names in Hollywood during this during this time period. Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy came to um, to our living rooms by way of Saturday Night Live. And (laughs) you knew 
within the first few episodes of Saturday Night Live that he was in, like, this dude's going to be somebody. Mr. Robinson's Neighborhood, I mean, <laughs> was some of the funniest shit I'd ever seen. <laughs> His James Brown celebrity hot tub. <laughs> yeah, hot tub. <laughs> oh, man. Um, the movies, though. I mean, listen to this list, Sean. Uh, 48 Hours. That was his first one. Um, Trading Places. Him and Dan Aykroyd? Yes. Uh, Best Defense, which I had never seen. That was him and Dudley Moore. Did you know that Dudley Moore and him were in a movie together? No. I wonder if that was a good cop, bad cop type of movie. I might have to look that one up. Um, and then the one, the one that really set his ass on fire, Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah. Uh, then he would do, he would do a, he would do two stand-up shows that were filmed for theatrical re- release, and I believe, aside from from Richard Pryor, nobody had had, had done that before. Which would have been delirious and yes, wrong. yes, yeah. yes, eighty-three. And 87 respectively. Yeah, I remember sitting down to watch Eddie Murphy Delirious at my best friend at the time, Tim Blue's house. No relationship to Levi Blue. And uh, I remember his mom come walking in at the same time where he was doing What If Mr. T Was Gay? (laughs) (laughs) And I remember she walked in. She looked at Tim. She looked at me. She turned around, and we didn't see her for the next hour and a half. <laughs> oh my God! That listen, anybody that has not watched that or listened to it, either one of them, did, you know, Delirious or Raw, very good. But from start to finish, I felt like Delirious had more more consistency to it where raw is he started out really funny and then he kind of uh flat lines for a little bit and then and then he finishes strong still funny make no mistake about it but like that first one was really something like they talked about the you know chasing after the ice cream man and <laughs> the barbecue and you know bunny look looks like a bigfoot and all <laughs> <laughs> a goody goo goo gus. <laughs> what the fuck does goody goo goo mean? I thought I was learning some new Spanish shit. Yeah, it was just, it was so funny. Um, The Golden Child, which, which is, is great. One, yeah, it doesn't get enough love. No. A lot of people are like, this is a horrible movie. Are you shitting me? That was some good stuff in there. It was a good story. And it was the first one that wasn't rated R. It actually had a PG-13 rating. Uh, Beverly Hills Cop 2. Um, Coming to America. Which was great. Yes. Uh, Harlem Nights. Which was, I liked that one too. I wasn't a huge fan of it, but it was good. I appreciated it for... You know, you had a lot of the big name comics on screen together. You know, that was of African American, you know, descent. Eddie Murphy and Richard Pryor, Red Fox was in there. Like there was, you know, 
something for everybody there. And while the movie itself was, eh, it was okay. Right. Um, I have appreciation for it just because of who all was, was in there. But man, Eddie Murphy was a huge damn deal in the 1980s. And, you know, Beverly Hills Cop, I feel like is what really put, put the rocket to him and up to the moon he went, right? Oh, absolutely. Between those and his two comedy specials. Yeah. Yep. And, it, you know, and it all started with Saturday Night Live. If you have an opportunity, anybody listening that has an opportunity, go, go on YouTube and search for his skits on Saturday Night Live. Gumby and they shot Buckwheat and all this other... <laughs> Yes, I remember. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh my God. It was just some funny, funny stuff. Um, and a lot of it, a lot of it is way before, you know, it was before its time. Like it wasn't until later on. Like he was on Saturday Night Live in the very early 80s. By the time like Paramount got the rights to put all that shit together in a compilation and sell it as a VHS tape, which I still have here, by the way, um, that it had been like five, six, seven years since then, but it just introduced people to all of that, com you know, all that comedy gold that he did on that show. Um, the next one here, and as I'm going through his filmography, I didn't realize he had so many movies in the 1980s. Uh, still important nonetheless, but, uh, Burt Reynolds, Burt Reynolds is, a, uh, I'm, I'm like, I'm still scrolling to get back. The one, the first one that comes to my mind when I think about Burt Reynolds is smoking, smoking the bandit. bandit. Absolutely. Know? Uh, before that one, uh, a movie called rough cut was, was released just prior to Smokey and the Bandit. Um, never heard of it. A lot of these I had never heard of. Uh, the, the Cannonball Run, obviously we've heard about that one. Uh, Paternity? Nope. Okay. Uh, uh, the, be the best, best Friends? Looks like him and Goldie Hawn? Nope. Okay, Smoking the Bandit 2, Cannonball Run 2, uh, City Heat. Have heard of that. Don't okay. remember watching it, but I have heard of it. Uh, stick? Nope. Uphill, well, uphill all the way or some shit like this? <laughs> nope. Um, heat? Heat, uh, H-E-A-T. -E the, the one with Robert De Niro? Uh, no, this is no. something different. Okay, then, nope, never heard of it. Okay. <laughs> uh, Dolly? Uh, no. Rent-A-Cop? Rent nope. I kind of remember Rent-A-Cop. Uh, switching channels. Now, this one I did watch. This one was yeah. was a pretty cute movie. Yeah, whenever you went to the video store, it was the only one that was left on the shelf. <laughs> uh, yes. 
<laughs> physical evidence. Nope. Breaking in. And that's it. Yeah, nope. Don't think he deserves to be on the list. Uh, I mean, the Cannonball Run movies, absolutely. I mean, for some reason, that mustache made women's panties wet, but that was about the gist of it, But as far as I'm concerned. But Burt Reynolds is just kind of like him and Tom Selleck. I mean, Tom Selleck and the Magnum P.I. mustache, you know? That's what it should be. It shouldn't be Burt Reynolds and Tom Selleck. It should be just 80s mustaches, and that's what should be on the list. So. <laughs> mustache. Mustache. That's right. You know, it's a, it's amazing to me when you look back on that time, like you talk about the mustache, like nowadays, well, I guess it started back in the 90s, but like the goatee was really popular. Um, nowadays, it's how big can you grow your fucking beard? Can you, can you tickle the back of your knees with it now? Um, back then, it was very simpler. All you needed was a good mustache and... <laughs> Um, you you look at like Burt Reynolds, you look at uh, Tom Selleck, um, uh, Sam Elliott is another Rob one. Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> Rob Jeremy had a great mustache. <laughs> is he the one that coined the phrase porn stash? Quite possibly. <laughs> Quite possibly. Where's Tom Cruise on your list? Tom Cruise, let's see. So, uh, you had Cocktail, you had Top Gun, you had The Outsiders. I mean, Tom Cruise would be up there for me. But if Patrick Swayze wasn't on your list, I'd be a little bit upset about that. He's not. Okay, Patrick Swayze should definitely be on that list. And... uh, I'm going to say, if they're not on there, then this list is bogus. The two Corys, Heyman Feldman, they need to be on there. No. Okay, they're so not they on here. That, that's insane. They should be on there. Uh, golly. Now, do you, would the two Corys, would you put them t- together or would you put them in, in separately? Because I feel like when you had one, you had the other by and large. Right. I, I don't think Corey Feldman was in license to drive, but, you know, you did have Dream a Little Dream. You had the Lost Boys. You had, good Lord, you had, well, wait a minute. No, Stand By Me. Corey Hain wasn't in Stand By Me, but Feldman no. was. Yeah. Um, Another great movie. But the Corys, I mean, those guys, uh, I, I know we're kind of going off tangent here, but those guys were the epitome of the 80s. I mean, they were with every teenage starlet that, that that was around at the time. They were in every big box office movies from the mid to late 80s. I mean, they were the teen heartthrob that every girl wanted and every guy wanted to be. I mean, hell, I remember uh, taking a suit coat, cutting the arms off of it so I could roll them up with a T-shirt underneath, and I was getting called Crockett and Tubbs. No, I saw Corey Haim doing that in The Lost Boys. That's what I wanted to do. So. hmm mm-hmm. No, man, they're not on this list, and it's it's kind of crazy because they were a big part of that. But, you know, Ralph you look Macchio? at Tom. Huh? Ralph Macchio? No. The list is bogus. It's okay, bogus. here. 
Here, this is what we'll do. I will run down this list. I will tell you everybody that's on this list. All right. And then, and then we will we'll take it this way. Eastwood, Eddie Murphy, uh, Burt Reynolds, Tom Cruise. Okay. Um, Sylvester's, huh? Murphy, Tom Cruise, definitely on the list. Yes. Sylvester Stallone. Yes. Definitely should be on there. Yep. Harrison Ford. Yes. Okay. Michael J. Fox. Well, let's go back to Harrison Ford. You got Indiana Jones and you also got Han Solo. The guy was twice as cool as everybody else. So. Right. And there was a couple of other other films that were not part of a franchise that that he, that he was a part of, too. Um, Harrison Ford, like, yeah, he's one of those guys that for the longest time he was on Solo or after the fact, he was Indiana Jones. In the Indiana Jones movies, great movies. The way they were filmed, the way they were written, the humor, the suspense, good stuff, right? Um, but, but he gets, he doesn't have that. It wasn't until later, I feel like, that people hear that name and it's now become one of those names of royalty almost to the level of a Clint Eastwood. Because when you think of, you know, when you see a movie coming out and it says, with Harrison Ford, and you're like, oh, okay, this is legit. Because he's one of those guys that just doesn't sign up for anything. Like, it's got to be something that's going to be worthwhile. I, I disagree. I okay. literally, before we got on this phone call, I just watched the movie, and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, why the hell is Harrison Ford in this? Cowboys versus aliens. See, I haven't seen that. He signed up for it. (laughs) That's all I'm saying. And I've seen him in a couple other movies where he's had small bit parts. Like, yep, he did that for the payday. But this is now. I mean, we're talking, you know what, 2000s. You know, I don't want to say 2020. I'm talking 2000s. I I think he was just there for the payday because, like you said, his name is royalty. So, um, I, I, you know, I was really happy when I saw him in the Expendables when he was brought in for the Expendables movies, and that's going to be. And I, and I realized the the Expendable movies came out in the two thousands plus, but what Stallone did for a crop of eighties stars that had kind of fallen out of the spotlight. That franchise and, and Stallone's influence brought those guys back to the spotlight. Harrison Ford wasn't there quite yet, but like he, a lot of people just pegged him as Indiana Jones or they pegged him as Han Solo, which is a good thing and a bad thing. But like I feel like with his involvement in, in the Expendables at the point that he is now, because he's done some amazing films since the 80s that has restored and kind of kept him in that royalty spot with, with the Eastwood, with Tom Hanks, with, to some degree, Tom Cruise too. Um, so, I mean, I get it. I don't know if I would necessarily, no, I guess because the, the, the impact that, that the Indiana Jones franchise had 
Um, and take nothing away from Star Wars. I'm just not a science fiction guy. I mean, I appreciate Star Wars. I I get it. Um, but that's when I think of Harrison Ford, I don't think about Han Solo. I think about Indiana Jones. Right. I mean, yeah, <laughs> he was in movies like Blade Runner, which was huge in the 80s. I think he was in the reboot for a minute. Um, Ender's Game, so he he did kind of stay in the same sci-fi genre, but you know he did, he did some other movies too. Um, you know, like a, was it called The Wild or The Call of the Wild or something like that? Um, you know, he he's been in a lot of amazing action movies, so mm-hmm. he he did he did get away from that. Uh, you know, like Ed O'Neill will always be Al Bundy, right? Know? And Ford was able to break free of being character typecasts. So, right. That's what happens when you do your job too well, right? Like it almost becomes a detriment. Oh yeah, I mean, we we can go into examples of that all all day long. You know, my my biggest one, I'll throw it out there, is Stifler. Um, you sure? I, uh, Sean. This Sean is Scott. William Scott. John William Scott, yeah. He'll always be Stifler. I don't care what movie he's in. Whether it's Goon, whether it's uh all oh, the one where they were fighting the alien, they had to go up the alien's butthole with the with the head and shoulder shampoo. You know, that's Stifler. So <laughs> um Stallone obviously speaks for itself. Rocky Rambo, your one two punch there. Um, oh man, I Rhinestone. I, th- I thought he was top notch in Rhinestone. Hit his voice. I like Rhinestone. I no. told you. Listen, listen, listen. I'll tell you why I. I'll tell you why I like Rhinestone, because it is so obnoxious. But I specifically remember going to the movie theater to see that. My mom took my my brother and I to go see that, and like when he first starts singing. Like, I remember my mom just laughing her ass off. And it's one of those moments where, like, my my mom laughed. Don't get me wrong. But there are moments where there's two that come to mind that I heard her laugh so hard. And I've never heard her laugh that hard. The first time that happened was during that movie because of just the absurdity of Stallone trying to be a country singer. And... But I I enjoy that movie for more of more of a personal thing, right? Uh, Tango I mean, and Cash, you know that that solidified the fact like there's more to Rocky and Rambo here. I mean Cobra too. He he did Cobra, but that was still along the line, still in the genre of Rambo. You know, you're shoot him up, kill him up, all all of this stuff. But uh, Rocky Four. That came out in 85. I know the, the first two Rockies were in the 70s. Rocky 3 was the first one that came out in the 80s. So 3 and 4 were your were your 80s releases because 5 came out in 90. Uh, but Rocky 4 is what, when people say the Rocky franchise, a lot of them, most of them, that's the one that they go to, right? Like it just oh, yeah. changed everything. Well, with with us at that time being within the Cold War with the Soviet Union, or was it the Soviet Union or USSR? I don't remember what which one we were. Same difference. Yeah, that's what they were. Yeah, and you know you have you have the 
American underdog going up against a Russian machine and, you know, the, the, you know, the superhero tale happens, you know, that quite frankly, and that's one of those movies that actually, in my opinion, kind of, kind of went, uh, you know, had had that uh, universal appeal, not you know, you know, United States, where it kind of, kind of, everyone got united with that movie. You know, as crazy as that sounds. Mm-hmm. So, I think we kind of talked about that uh, <laughs> when we were when we did our first episode. You know, if I can change and you can change, we can all change. And remember that we had all kinds of stuff going on at that time. So. I mean, right. a lot of unity type stuff. You know, you had uh, what was a band aid. You had uh, uh, we are the world, uh, all that crap going on. So yeah, there's a whole lot of love, hugs, and harmony going on then. So well, there was you know people were just looking for any any reason to rally around one another because yeah. oh my god, people care about other people and not just themselves. What a fucking concept. Um, don't, I'm not, I, that could start a whole fucking promo and I don't know if I want to go down that rabbit hole this week. We're going to go to Klaus to the heart real quick. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Stallone, Harrison Ford, Michael J. Fox. Absolutely. Another one, small and big screen. Look, Alex P. Keaton, his character on Family Ties. Huge influence on me, man. Like, I combed my hair like him. I wore... <laughs> Suits and ties to school because knowing that I would get picked on, I didn't give a shit. Fucking um, Alex P. Keaton was my guy. Like, and I was all in on Michael J. Fox. And then Back to the Future came out. And then Teen Wolf came out. Teen Wolf, and, yeah. and I was like, you have my attention. <laughs> Don't forget, Secret to My Success was absolutely huge in the 80s. That one? And what's what's the the other one that came out? And this one was a little bit darker. I'm trying to, I don't want to have to click on it, but it was him and Joan Jett. This oh, was Joan. Oh, damn it! Now I'm gonna have to look it up. Uh, yeah. As, as soon as I see it, I'm gonna be like, that was it. Uh, stand by. <laughs> this is what we call dead air <laughs> well i mean he he also has a lot of okay light of coming day. In. do what light of day yeah i've never seen it really yeah i might have to do some homework yes yes you do and let me know what you think about it it's 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 a darker movie it's it's a more more of a drama it's not meant to be funny um but he was very good in that and i believe this may have been joan jett's first acting gig in that movie but um the secret of my success um is on here um dear america i don't really remember that this one bright lights big city have you seen that one that one don't ring a bell either okay that's another one you're going to have to look into i um Another one of those dark storylines. This one is more very much um, deals with drug abuse and things of this nature. It takes place in, I think, New York City. And it's right, you know, hanging around the different nightclubs and things of this nature. Definitely one worth checking out. Um, Casualties of War 
think it went him and Sean Penn. Okay, yep, yep. I remember that. And then uh, Back to the Future Part 2. Um, now, we're, we're going to tackle Back to the Future on its own episode uh, here in the coming weeks because there's just so much content with the original movie, but the subsequent two se- sequels that followed. Um, and we'll, we'll save that for another, another, another show here. This is the one that you and I were talking about before we came on the air here. And I'm just like, I don't know if this guy had enough to be on this list. Uh, Paul Hogan. Now, when I say Paul Hogan, there's a lot of people who be like, I've never heard of that man before. You have. You just know him as Crocodile Dundee. Um, now, as I said that to you off air, you're like, well, he was in this and he was in that. And you're absolutely right. And I had forgotten about that because Paul Hogan falls into the, to that category where he becomes that character because it was so well done. It was so popular. The Crocodile Dundee, the original one that came out in 1986, was the number one movie in America for several weeks in a row. And the subsequent sequel that came out in 88, I think we said, uh, it did good numbers too, but it wasn't on the level of the first one because the first one was just so over the top and off the charts. But I just didn't feel like Paul Hogan should be on on the list of the 15 biggest names or the biggest stars of the 1980s. What's your thought? If you watch... I watched this here probably about a year ago, and I actually turned it off about three quarters of the way because it was just absolute garbage. It was called uh, The Very Excellent Mr. Dundee. And in this movie, he's kind of making fun of himself because he's about to be knighted by some queen, and he's <laughs> out to regain his popularity. But the only way he can get his popularity is by being... Crocodile Dundee. So, uh, yeah. So, I mean, you, you got to remember that whole Australian subculture. I mean, and it's going to go right back to wrestling. Next thing you know, we had a character by the name of Outback Jack. And they were WWF back then was really trying to play off of the success of Crocodile Dundee. The unfortunate thing was uh, Outback Jack was not very good at all. So the vignettes were cool. I, I remember the vignettes. Well, yeah, but his in-ring skills uh, didn't even equate to just a modicum of what those vignettes were. No, so. I'm just saying I appreciate the, <laughs> the, the vignettes before he made his in-ring his in-ring debut there. Uh, Jesus, I forget. Like, I didn't forget about Outback Jack, but it was. A, it's been a long time since I've heard that name. So, <laughs> um, now this this one here, <laughs> Arnold. Oh man, Arnold. We start with the whole pumping iron phenomenon. You work your way all the way up through the Conans in the seventies to eventually Commando with Alyssa Milano. Yes. Um, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, she had, she had quite a bit of popularity with Who's the Boss at that time. Um, Commando, then you went, what, you had Predator, Terminator. Um, I mean, Arnold wasn't everything. 
was it in the 80s he came out with twins with Danny DeVito too? That was 88. Yep. Now what they have here for his releases in in major roles because he had a couple of like cameos or or something like that. I don't know. I'm not counting that shit. But like uh, Conan the Barbarian came out in 82. Oh, okay. Uh, the sequel, Conan, Conan the Destroyer, was in 84, followed by The Terminator, uh, Red Sonja, Sonja? Sonja, yep. Um, Commando, Raw Deal, Predator, oh man, The Running Man, one oh, of my favorites. Yes. Uh, Red Heat, which is another good one. That was with Belushi, wasn't it? That's what that was with Jim Belushi. And I'll have you know a, a, a little bit of a fun fact for you. And I don't know why I know this. I, I, there's nothing on here that tells me this. I just remember reading the box art of the VHS tape. Did you know that Red Heat was the first American movie allowed to be filmed in, in the Red Square in Moscow? I did not know that. Well, there you go. The more yeah. you know. <laughs> uh twins was his last movie of the 1980s um he would take 89 off and then uh he would come back in 90 with total recall and then it's kindergarten cop kindergarten cop was also 1990 okay Okay. Uh, and then terminator 2 came out in 91 and that movie was a goddamn game changer yes it was so yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger, him, you know, um, Stallone, Jean Claude Van Damme, like these. This is where action, the action movies really started to become prominent, and they almost became stereotypical in 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 some regards. Like the storylines may have been shit, and the acting may not have been great, but they were still fun movies to watch. You know what I mean? Like I never got into all the martial arts movies with the with your Van Dams and Steven Seagal's. Yeah, Chuck I was never okay. Chuck Norris is not on this list. That list is bullshit. That <laughs> I, I, that list. I, I don't know who wrote that list, but that list is bullshit. Well, I'm just saying, if you got Crocodile Dundee on here, but but you don't have Chuck, right? What the fuck are we doing right now? You know, action, Lone Wolf McQuaid. I, I mean, uh, the cartoon Chuck Norris and the Karate Commandos, for God's sakes. I, yeah, nope, the list needs to go away. <laughs> Michael Douglas. Uh, Romancing the Stone, I could see it. No, those were those were big movies. Uh, the women really seem to uh, dig him for some reason. I, I don't know. He kind of reminded me of a melted candle, the way his face kind of looked, but. You know, they, they were they, they were decent movies. So who was it? Uh him and uh oh god, what Kathleen was Kathleen Turner. Kathleen Turner. Yeah, I was gonna say she was in the some TV show there for a while. But yeah, yeah, that I, I could see Michael Douglas in that. Um I think of Michael Douglas, I think of the boiling rabbit in Fatal Attraction. Uh if I think of Michael Douglas, I think of the game. Okay. You remember that one? I do. Okay. Yep. yep. Uh, Jane Fonda. You kind of got to put her on the list because, listen, 
I mean, aside from, I mean, her acting is more was more geared towards sixties and seventies, but she was a part of of some movies in the eighties. On Golden Pond is the first one that comes out. That that was a big movie back, I think. Pardon me, in, in nineteen eighty. Um, but she became a phenomenon with her workout videos. She's the one that pioneered fitness VHS tapes. Like people bought anything with her name on it with the intention of getting in better shape. And yeah. like she created this whole empire for herself. I got to go do my Jane Fondos. You know what yeah. I'm saying? No, I mean, I do. But, I mean, if you're going to put her in that category, then you also got to put Richard Simmons. I knew you were going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Richard Simmons, you know, you had to sweat into the oldies. And uh, Deal-A-Meal, Deal-A-Meal was huge in the 80s. Um, but, I mean, if you're talking 80 sex symbols as far as women goes, if you don't got Kelly LeBrock on your list, then, you know, you're at – or even Tawny Katane, you know, mm -hmm. even though she – much of an actress um you know that then the list the list is full of uh, you know we need to write this guy and explain to him why he's stupid so <laughs> we could certainly do that i believe he has his contact info at the at the end of this list so maybe we'll send him a link to the show and tell him how we just cut his list up in front of the whole fucking world so <laughs> here he goes sir um because this is another one that I that I take exception to. Take nothing away from his accolades and everything that he's done. Great actor. He's been a part of some some amazing films. I just don't see him on this level as one of the fifteen biggest stars. And that's Dustin Hoffman. Oh. Yeah, that's a tough. I mean, was that Rain Man in the eighties? Rain Man, I feel like, came out in 89. Um, I, I will pull up his filmography here. Um, I'm really struggling I, with that. Rain Man was 88. Okay. Tootsie was 82. Tootsie was huge. Tootsie was huge. Um, Kramer versus Kramer. Another huge movie. Um, okay. Family Business, eh. Ishtar, Death Oof. of a Salesman, uh, Tootsie. Okay, Kramer versus Kramer came out in '79, but like, oh, I think it was at at the very tail end of '79. So it was in 1980 that that movie was really you know having traction to it. But even the movies that he did come out in in the eight. Um, oh, that was 1990. Um, because he was in uh, in in the Dick Tracy movie too, but that was 1990. But again, great actor. I think you know he he deserves the prestige that his name has. I just don't put him on this list, man. Nor do I put the next one on here. Dudley Moore. Aside oh. from Arthur, what the fuck did he do? Santa oh, okay. Movie. I, yeah, I was just gonna say he 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 was Patch in Santa right. Claus the movie, great movie. Um, but aside from that, and aside from Arthur, um, what I 
I don't know. And I know I'm going to go on, and I know we talked about that movie that he was in with Eddie Murphy, but, like, that didn't really register with me for, for whatever reason. Like, I knew who Dudley Moore was. Um, I just... Damn, they don't even... Oh, yeah, they do. Okay. Um, Arthur came out in 81. Did, did you ever watch that movie? I I did when I was young. I, my my dad kind of watched it. Um, I was I didn't care for it so much. Um, he was also in Like Father, Like Son with Kirk Cameron. Okay. The... Yep, I remember that. Kind of like a zap, like a Freaky Friday type movie. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Um, he was the narrator in The Adventures of Milo and Otis. Uh, Santa Claus. Uh, Mickey and Maud. I forgot about that movie. Have Have you seen Mickey and Maud? Yes, I have. Yep, yep. Okay. Um, best defense. That was the one with Eddie Murphy. Um, uh, yeah, these a couple of these other ones I've never even heard of before. Love Sick. Um, unfaithfully something or another. Unfaithfully yours. Yeah, never seen that. But again, take nothing away from the man. Just he's not on. He's not on my on my particular list. Right. You know. I mean. I mean. I guess we can argue for everyone. I mean. I even said the name uh, Zapped or something like that. You know. A lot of people would argue Scott Bale was on it. Well, uh, I said Ralph Macchio, but a, a guy that I think supersedes Ralph Macchio was actually the protagonist in the Karate Kid, Billy Zabka. Because if you look at Billy Zabka, I mean, he was in uh, European Vacation. He was in Just One of the Guys. He was in Back to School, uh, Karate Kid 1, Karate Kid 2. I mean, he was in like a number of like TV shows. I mean, plus I think he's the best bad guy ever in any single movie genre <laughs> but still i mean we could probably argue all day as to who should be where and what but the bottom line is is this list is bullshit so <laughs> uh would you agree that tom hanks should be on here or or was his best time during the 90s and going into the 2000s tom hanks is timeless man i mean you talk about he another one that went from the small screen to a big screen i Who's mean the buddies Absolutely. And then, uh, let's see, Tom Hanks in the 80s wasn't, you, I think you had uh, Big, The Burbs. Uh, Money Pit. The Money Pit. That's the one I was just trying to think of with uh, Shelley Wong. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, Tom Hanks. I just watched him in the new Elvis movie. And you talk about going from Bosom Buddies to, you know, Colonel Parker. That was amazing <laughs> yeah if you get the chance check it out um and you're absolutely right uh he was absolutely timeless the burbs is one of my all-time favorite movies one of the most underappreciated movies in my opinion out there um uh, he was in turner hooch joe, uh, versus that, joe versus the volcano um you know we we mentioned big that was a that I think that one may have been the one that really put his his star a little bit brighter on 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 that next next echelon because you're like oh this guy this guy has something here 
and then you would see he would go on to do Forrest Gump and Castaway and and all these other amazing movies um, that nobody else could have pulled off other than him, in my opinion. Like I just can't see anybody else doing Forrest Gump. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, exactly. Uh, the last one they have on here is Robert Redford, and he's another one of these guys that I feel like his best work happened before the 80s like he was in the natural and you know i'm a big baseball guy so you know you gotta watch the natural um and he was in in other movies too but like i feel like a lot along the lines of a clint eastwood and a burt reynolds like his time his his prime time was in the decade before but for whatever reason here he here he shows up on the 15 Biggest stars of the of the nineteen eighties, and I'll run it down one more time, r- r- real quick. A, a, a Clint Eastwood, Eddie Murphy, Burt Reynolds, Tom Cruise, Sylvester Stallone, Harrison Ford, Michael J. Fox, Paul Hogan, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Michael Douglas, Jane Fonda, who is the only woman on this list, if you can believe it. Dustin Hoffman, Dudley Moore, Tom Hanks, and Robert Redford. Um. You know, during during the course of this, we throw names out there. Why is it this guy on here? You mentioned the Corys. You mentioned Chuck Norris. Why isn't Chuck Norris on here? Um, Charles Bronson. You know, with 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 the Death Wish movies. Um, here's one that I really kind of feel like should be on this list, and this is tackling a completely different genre of movies. But I, I mean. As far as a franchise is concerned, this is the one dude that was consistent through all of them, and that is Robert England, who played Freddy Krueger in the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Like, where in the shit is his name? I didn't see his name on here anywhere. Yeah, they're not going to put any any type of horror genre on on the on the list because that would just be taboo. Well, I mean, I get it. I just, it's still a very big part of pop culture. And in the 1980s, like the slasher films were really starting to catch when not only Friday the 13th, but you had Halloween, you had uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street, you you know, Hellraisers and, and all this stuff. And I really feel like that genre, and I'm not a big scary or horror movie buff but i will watch them from time to time i have an appreciation for them especially the nightmare on on elm street and the friday the 13th because of what they what they meant to pop culture in 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 the mainstream so i feel like i see what you're saying with it being taboo or whatever but i still feel like it should be included because there was a huge part of the 1980s yeah, uh, I, I agree with that, too. Um, I remember watching uh, the original Nightmare on Elm Street with my mom uh, when I was younger, and uh, it, it traumatized me for a long, long time. Robert England was so convincing as Freddy Krueger at that point. I mean, he that <laughs> put a nation in fear. Uh, and again, the list is stupid. So, <laughs> you know, I, I, I mean... But again, like I said, we can argue about that list all day long. I mean, uh, Michael Keaton, Beetlejuice, Gung Ho, uh, Mr. Mom, 
you know, that, that list could go on and on and on. Batman. I mean, that was 1989. Yep. You know. Absolutely. But uh, Paul Rubens. I mean, arguably, P.V. Herman was one of the biggest characters ever in the 80s. Um, True story. True yeah. story. That, that, that's, that's a good one. Why isn't that guy on here? And why aren't there more actresses on here? You mentioned Kelly LeBrock earlier. Um, like, that chick was on fire. And <laughs> she, yeah, she, her, Kim Basinger was another big one. Meg Ryan became a big star. Um, Kathleen Turner, obviously. Huh? Her and Tom Hanks. Yeah. yeah. You, know. Uh, um, you know, why aren't there? Because I feel like actresses played just as big of a part in a lot of the, of the success of these movies as, as anybody. Um, they're not, they weren't featured as prominently as they are nowadays for obvious reasons, because back then, Unfortunately, there was still this underlying stigma that the woman is beneath the man, which I don't agree with at all. And like they didn't get the appreciation that I think that they should. Um, you know, and obviously this list focused on film, TV, movies. You know, you, but you talk about the biggest stars of the 80s, you talk about the whole genre of something like that doesn't even tackle the, the the musicians, you know, your Cindy Loppers, your Madonna's, your uh, heart was a big thing back then. And Stevie Nicks. And I mean, there was just so there's just so many ways to slice this up. It, it is impossible to, to come up with your definitive list. And again, it's going to be, very personalized like what i what i like and what you like you know we have a lot of the same same interests but there are things like you have a greater appreciation for the horror movie genre than i do whereas i have a better appreciation for probably like you know your documentaries your obscure comedies things of this nature like i i dive more heavily into that than i do you know the the the, the slasher films, I guess, probably because I just don't buy into them, you know, and I think that that's my, my biggest issue with science fiction movies is if I can't fundamentally wrap my head around like this could happen, like I kind of check myself out. There are exceptions, obviously, um, but by and large, like I, I, that's why I never got into Star Wars. Like I, just didn't science fiction anything just really hasn't been on my radar with the exception of flight of the navigator and space balls (laughs) (laughs) well i mean now you're going into a, a whole different subculture i mean when, when you talk about uh, science fiction, science fiction was huge uh, in the late 70s, early 80s. Uh, of course, with Star Wars, your Battlestar Galactica, the Black Hole. Um, then you had some lesser known movies that came out like The Last Starfighter and Enemy Mine and, you know, a few others that uh, Cocoon, 
Cocoon was huge uh, in the science fiction community. Um, there, there's just so much to go into, Jason. I, I can see this podcast going on forever and ever and ever. <laughs> I've got nothing but time, bro. So let's let's roll. You know, I'm running on on an adrenaline, caffeine, and rage. So let's roll. <laughs> it's kind of that's kind of my new catchphrase that we actually uh actually coined that by accident over on the real podcast with amy sheridan that drops on saturdays here on the pfc podcast network and i actually turned it into a t-shirt you know what i mean so that's <laughs> that's how my brain works um on this particular list, is there, I mean, obviously we've been sitting here for a little bit, like, why is this guy on here? Why is this guy on here? Is there one guy or girl that needs to be added in, into this thing? Like, when you heard this list, this was the first person that was like, why the fuck aren't they on this list? I mean, aside from Chuck Norris. Um, I, I think... Uh... Let me think here. This is this is gonna be a toughie. Uh, I, I think uh, Rob Lowe would be should be included in that list. And then you mentioned uh, Patrick Swayze earlier, and yeah, like he definitely she could be. Uh, Matthew uh, Broderick could be. Oh my God! Yes. Um, Ferris Bueller. Ferris Bueller. You know, I I mean. There, there's so many people on the list, but let me let me think here. Um, female wise, I would have to say uh, I think Jennifer Gray would be a good one. Jennifer Gray would be a good one. Ferris Very Bueller, uh, Patrick Swayze's dance partner in Dirty Dancing. Red Dawn. Red Dawn, absolutely. Very, very underrated as an actress. Mm -hmm. I would agree with that. <laughs> Julia Roberts? That's the Really? I, really? I do not like Julia. I've never liked Julia Roberts. That is a uh, pretty woman in my house. Uh, it is a cause for argument because I, abs I, I believe pretty woman should be a pretty woman, not some horse face hack. Um, oh, excuse me. Did I say that out loud? Um, if Sharon heard me, she's gonna come up here and kick my ass. But uh, I, I never liked uh, Julia Roberts at all. I, I now, personal opinion aside, yes, she should be included as one of the best actresses in the eighties. I absolutely agree. Oh, you're looking her up. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm actually looking for other actresses of of the eighties and, um, Oh Jesus. It's, uh, Sally field. Sally field. Absolutely. Um, S uh, uh, Ernie Weaver. Yes. Why did I not... Uh, Shirley McLean. I could see that. S Sissy SpaceX. She was all over the place. Uh, Gina, just... Davis. Gina Davis. Good one. Good yeah. one. Um, not on this list. Uh, oh, what you find a women of the eighties list, did you? I did. So here's 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 what they, they came up with. Jane Fonda. 
Is it the, is the, it the same jackass I made up the last it list? Yeah. Okay. It's all be good. It's a, it's a Garney Weaver, a Kathleen Turner, who we touched on, yeah. uh, a Deborah Winger, Sally Field, Shirley McLean, Sissy Spacek, Jessica Lange, Diane Keaton, Mia Farrow. That could the whole bullshit with her and Woody Allen could be its own topic. Yeah. Meryl Streep. I don't know why I didn't think of her. She was all over the place. She was. Glenn Close. Uh, uh, Cher. Kim Basinger. We I mentioned her earlier. Molly Ringwald. Bette Midler. Definitely. Um, Goldie Hawn. Goldie Hawn is a definite. Barbara Streisand. Barbara Streisand. What was she in? She was in Yentl? She was in Funny Girl. She was in... Uh, that one came out earlier. I, the one in the 80s that comes out... Uh, It was it was a it was a court drama of some sort, and I can't remember exactly what. I think she was an attorney. I don't want to have to look it up, but like I feel like she's another one of those that had had her best time during the seventies. You know what I'm saying? Michelle Pfeiffer, Catwoman, uh, Batman. Uh, oh, what uh, the higher learning was it? I think so. Uh, Grease two. She she would that may have been the one that put her on the map. Uh, I know, I know, I know. Look, I have feelings about that movie too. But there are people. There, I I actually talked to a girl at work that actually prefers part two over the the original Grease, and I'm like, I can't be friends with you anymore. So that was the <laughs> end of that. Uh, Shelley Long. Both small and big screen, huge on Cheers, and then huge, yeah. uh, she did a number of movies in the eighties. Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, oof, <laughs> oof. <clears throat> Linda Hamilton, um, from Terminator. God. Whoopi Goldberg, okay. Melanie Griffith. She's cutie. Armed and uh, dangerous. Andy. Rick Shields. <laughs> Blue Lagoon. Yes, sir. That's what they have here, too. Jodie Foster. Wow. That's this, number one. This is a big list. Are they just naming off every actress from the 80s? I, I was just thinking, I was like, damn, this is more, more than 15. Um, Diane Lane and Jane Alexander. So, um, a lot of, you know, a few of those women I could have very easily swapped out with some of the good, with some of the dudes that they had on, on their list because they were absolutely mega stars. Right. And you know, like Sigourney Weaver, why is she not on the list? Aliens, Ghostbusters. Um, she, and she did all other movies to Working Girl, uh, her Harrison Ford and Mel, Melanie Griffith. Pretty decent movie. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know, man. You know, these lists, like, I enjoy them. I like breaking them down, but I also realize there's really, at the end of the day, no right answer, no wrong answer. This is based on somebody's opinion. Um, but at the same time, man, 
there, you know, there's black and white too. And you, you got to look at everything, you know what I mean? Like Paul, I'm still hung up on Paul Hogan being, <laughs> being on on this list. Not, not trying to, to disparage the good goddamn name of crocodile Dundee, but, um, aside from that, I, he just didn't do much for me. I, uh, one, one of your, uh, co-hosts from another show today, uh, I don't know if he goes by Roberto Cruz or Ray Jackson. Ray Jackson. Yep. Over on the turnbuckle time machine. He asked me to come up with a list of my uh, top 10 favorite horror movies. And I says, I can't do that. He says, why not? I says, cause I don't just look at horror movies. I look at horror movies and then I look at the subgenre of horror movies. So by the time I got done giving you a top 10 list, it would be, 100 top 10 lists because I would have to categorize everything. So it's just kind of ironic that we're talking about lists today and you can't, you, I don't, this jackass who tried to nail the top 15, was it prominent men of the eighties or was it actors? Because quite frankly, I think, you know, I'll say it again, his list is bullshit. So Mm -hmm. We, we can go on all day long about different actors and actresses and who's underrated, who's overrated. But at the end of the day, as you said, it's all about perception and personal opinion. Yeah. And everybody has their opinion. Everybody is entitled to their opinion. So, I mean, I totally get it. Uh, but it was still fun to, to, to sit here and, you know, break it down and bust this guy's chops. Um, and, and I am like, he has his contact information on, on the bottom of this list. I think I'm going to send him a link to the show once, uh, <laughs> once, once it, once it dropped and be like, Hey, came across your list and this is what we thought about it. So <laughs> who knows, dude, who knows? Maybe, maybe we'll get something out of it. I don't know. You don't know. That'd be nice, but you know what? Maybe we should put it to the listeners. Give us your top five actors of the 80s, top five female actresses of the 80s, and let's see what, uh, you know, we think of your lists. Right. It'd be fun. Because by the time this thing drops, the our, our official Facebook page will be up, and you can send us a direct message through there. Um, it's going to be added to the PFC podcast network. It's going to be added to close to the heart.net and you will find ways to correspond that to us. Probably the Facebook page is going to be the most from a to B, you know what I mean? Cause I'll be able to see it. You'll be able to see it, um, in real time. So that might be the, the, the preferred way to go. Um, so just. Look for the Trippin' Through the 80s Facebook page, Power Trippin' Through the 80s uh, Facebook page. And yeah, we would love to hear what you think, along with other show topic ideas, thoughts, comments, questions, anything like that. We want you guys to be a part of of the show every week. And let's talk about what we're going to do next week. I mean, unless something monumental happens i i kind of want to do a deep dive on back to the future sean what what's your opinion on that oh absolutely one of my favorite uh favorite movies to tackle there's so many fan theories out about this thing um you know i'm willing to trade my hearse for a delorean to anyone listening um <laughs> I got a 
Bucks capacitor, I'm willing to pay extra. Listen, so. once this thing hits 88 miles an hour, you're going to see some serious shit. And that's, <laughs> and that's what we're going to do next week here on the show. Um, is there anything else you want to add before we put a bow on, on this week's episode? You know, everyone, like, like I said, you can create your list. You can have your favorite actors. But at the end of the day, um, don't let someone who disagrees with you or ruin your day. Just acknowledge that everyone has their own opinions. The 80s were all about fun. And, and that's it. At the end of the day, agree to disagree. Go about your lives and have as much fun as you possibly can. Well, that's what it all comes down to, man. Like, we have one life to live here. And we need to maximize our minutes in in the the best way possible. And 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 you're right. The '80s were all about fun. They were all about exploring. They were all about helping one another. You mentioned you know Farm Aid and Live Aid and we we are the world and and all all these other major events that happened throughout the course of that decade in an effort for everybody to help one another. What a concept. Um, again, that's a topic for, for another day, but next week it's all about back to the future and I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, I've done some research on it. I've done uh, well, a lot of research actually, uh, because it is one of those movies that made such an indelible impression on my childhood. And we're, we're going to talk about that next week. Uh, for Sean Krugel, I'm Jason Klaus. We appreciate you guys tuning in. And we will see you right back here next week with a brand new episode of Power Tripping Through the 80s here on the PFC Podcast Network, powered by Anchor.fm.